Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends. It's the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky. With me, as always, are my good buddies, Eddie Guevara, Chuck Caputo, and Sherry Caputo. What's up, everyone? Hey, all right. Hey, hello. Hey, what's up? Not I'm, also, my, I'm also here, Joe. Oh, who do we got here? Who is that? Michael Mesmer. What's hey, up, hey, Michael? Sorry, Michael. Oh, Michael. Michael. Glad to be with you. Always pops out the ghost. He, <laughs> yeah, he just he popped in from parts unknown. <laughs> All right, we got a full house today, and before we make our, our rounds to see what's new with everyone, I want to say real quick thank you to everybody out there for joining us on this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to. Please subscribe and uh, give us a good review if you so choose. Also, head over to houseoftheunusual.com. That is our flagship site. We have a great forum there with lots of cool stuff going on, and of course, as always, it is free to join. All right, we have MyMovieMonsters.com. That is the home of Scary Monsters Magazine and Castle of Frankenstein. So they right now they are taking pre-orders for Scary Monsters number 130. It is the Scary Monsters Presents Monster Memories. It is a drive-in issue. Really cool cover by Scott Jackson once again. And they also have, I believe it's the, uh, yeah, Castle of Frankenstein number 37. It is uh, George Pell's Lost Time Machine. And there is a pre-order for that as well. So they will be exploring George Pell's Lost Time Machine sequel and revisiting the legendary film produced 100 years ago. Another great cover by the team there at Scary Monsters. So again, that is MyMovieMonsters.com. For all your scary monsters, Castle Frankenstein, and plus they have tons of other cool magazines, model kits, toys, books, and all that dealing with uh, classic monsters and all that stuff that we love. And I want to throw a huge shout out out there and a call to action for Ski from Stupid Magazine. Ski, give it. Let us know on the uh, the form what's going on with the magazine because we have been anxiously waiting for the next issue to drop. Uh, last time that we spoke with him last year, he said that they are revamping the mag a little bit. It's going to come out in a new format, and that's about all we know of it. So, Ski, if you're listening, hopefully you're listening out there, let us know on the forum. Please give us an update. We all want to know what's uh, what's going to be going on with the magazine, when the new one coming out, and what is this new format. So, guys, that's all I got on my end. Let's go around the, the room here and see what everybody's been going through, and I'm going to... I'm just going to go on how it's listed on my uh, on my platform here on the computer. I'm going to start from the bottom, and I'm going to work my way up. So, Michael Mesmer, I'm going to start with you. Michael, thanks for joining us. What is new uh, with you, and can you give us an update on your, your book or anything like that? Well, um, I am uh, in Southern California currently. I'm actually doing a lecture tonight uh, in a place called Ran- in Rancho Cucamonga, California, a magic lecture. But I was really excited yesterday because <clears throat> I opened my front door and there was a big box there. Turned out it was my advanced copies of my ghost uh, transfer book. And, you know, it was really emotional for me because it was a long time coming with all the years of uh, doing ghost hunting, researching, and then a year writing the book. And to see it and open it, and there it was. There was uh, There's actually 30 copies in there. And I opened it. Oh, my awesome. gosh. It's so emotional just to have that book in my hand after all this time. Mm-hmm. Cause like a dream becoming reality, you know. Wow, that's so awesome. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. I yeah. I know the feeling when that when all your hard work comes to fruition and you get that first set of you know your your author copies, thirty books, <laughs> you know, to your front door and you're actually looking and you're going, it, it's almost like surreal. It's like you know all it that is. hard work you you put it together, you put it you know all in the format that they wanted, you know, on the computer, and then you're like you just sit back and then it's like a waiting game. It's like, okay, how is this going to turn out? Is this going to, you know, th- did I do the right thing on this? And you start, you know, at least for me, you know, I started questioning myself, you know, did I, did I do enough on this? Did I add enough of this? Did I, what, did I exclude something, you know? And then when you see it, it's just like, you know, everything kind of relaxes and you're like, Oh, thank, thank God. Did you have kind of like that same, you know, and you know, thoughts about that whole process? 
Yeah, in fact, I, I haven't even opened it yet. I'm, the book itself, I, I held it in my hand, but I, I'm, I haven't even got to the point where I'm, open. <laughs> I'm just hesitant to do that yet. Aww. But, That's so cool. but I'm excited about it. I, I set up, a, I'm doing a book signing at Barnes and Noble here next month. And, uh, it's about to be, nice. and it's available on all major plat, all booksellers right now, too, for pre-sale. So I'm really excited. But again, it's, it was so emotional because a lot of this, you know, Joe, because I had you uh, take a look at an advanced copy and there, and it's, it's very emotional for me because there's a lot of personal stories in there of mine. So it's a, it's a different kind of book because like a biography, it's sort of like a biography, but not, you know, so it's, um, it's just really something I mean about my grandpa and all the things I wrote in there. We'll see how people respond. I've had some good reviews from Joe and Eddie and also from other uh, paranormal groups that I have people that are uh, reviewed it as well. And they're they're very happy with the way I handled all the paranormal investigations in the book, which is another thing because that's the technical side. So it's great to hear those things, too. You know, I reading, reading through that and I, I read through it relatively quick and from the time that I usually have of, of reading. Sure. And I, I was. I was really blown away by the information. First off, you know, you're talking about your early life with your, your grandpap and everything. And that was just, I I'm always amazed to, you know, hear people's, you know, stories about their, their lives, especially from this side, you know, the East coast and, you know, the Appalachian mountain areas, you know, cause that's yeah. where, where I'm at. And, you know, Chuck and Sherry, we're, we're all from that, that area. So we all, you know, it all kind of hits home <laughs> to us because we, we either live through that or we know people, you know, that live better we've seen it firsthand so it's always great to to read about those type of experiences and um you know i, I loved hearing about you know your cruise ship experience you know going to cemeteries bridges and it was what really struck me and what, what i don't like about watching a lot of these tv shows and, and yeah. documentaries is the lack of respect yeah a lot of these people have when they're going into these different facilities or these different areas. And that's what struck me about, about your book and your stories is how much, you know, respect you had for the, the dead and almost treating them like they weren't dead. Like they were just, they were just a person in like maybe another realm, but they were still here with us. And it was just like, they weren't anybody different, which I'm sure, you know, that's something that they, they appreciated. And I don't want to go into too much detail. I don't want to ruin it for people out there, but, yeah, but you know, that, you're right. You're that right, was one of the things that stuck with me. Yeah. You know, I, I initially got, you know, very inspired as I wrote in the book because my daughter got into the ghost adventures with Zach Baggins. And so I thought, you know, it could be cool to do this because I've always had, as I mentioned in the book, always had a, a tendency to experience spirit activity. And so the deal is though, that I don't believe that spirits are malevolent. I don't, I don't see it that way, uh, as you read in the book. And um, I don't see them, you know, the thing is, the, um, I think the ignorance of a lot of these people that do these ghost hunting shows where they're um, showing that they're scratching them and they're doing evil things to them. Why would we be the same when we're in our spirit form after we're enlightened and we realize that the world's different than what we thought it was? Even a murderer would be totally a different person once they go into spirit form, I believe. So that's been my experience. And that's why my book is a positive ghost hunting book rather than uh, a negative book. Right. I'm in the same camp as you. I don't believe that there's I do believe that there's positive and negative spirits. However, if you know, and maybe those negative spirits are. Of, of people that died from this world but might be of something else but right you know, if you go into a house and someone has died in there i, I don't believe that's a negative spirit no i, I believe that we can um th that it's it's us that we cause the the negativity yes and I, I think a lot of these these people that go into these places that they have this preconception that comes from watching decades of of horror movies basically yeah. you know and they have this that that ghosts are, are malevolent they're going to come and they're going to attack me they're going to scratch me if i i play with the ouija board i'm going to be possessed and it's you know mm -hmm. we have this for for everything we kind of look at it through the lens of of what we've seen on tv and, and through right movies. right that's so true and the thing is that i think in my experiences as you read I find that they just want to talk. They just want to communicate or they just want to, they want to feel like they're not alone or they want a connection. And maybe they're still in between the two places and they just, they're looking for a little solace, a little, a little company, maybe if you will, in a, in a strange sort of way. So um, that's my position. And um, so I never push them. I never try to get them unhappy because if I were in that spot, maybe I'd be reaching out for some help or just to be able to, you know, finish some business. Yeah, I mean, I just just treat them like just 
maybe how like how you would just want to be treated you know they're like you said that maybe they're caught in in between worlds and they're looking for they're looking for something and why would you want to go out there and be disrespectful to them when you know it's just as easy or easier to be respectful absolutely yeah that's been my experience and i i think that's going to be the big difference in my book compared to many of the ghost hunting books out there yeah it wasn't there was no negativity there was no darkness to it it was a very uh it was a very easy and light read and it was it was quick i I had a great time with it i was just kind of imagining you know being there with you while you were at these different locations and and seeing and feeling these different um sensations that you went through it was really cool i i really enjoyed it so well i'm getting ready to restart my ghost hunting in april again in texas so i'm gonna i'm getting ready to go out and do some more and um but i have a lot of other stories that weren't even in the book but again joe like you said i sort of geared it so that it would be an easy read i didn't want it to be i wanted it to be something you can maybe read on a flight if you did a round trip flight you could read the whole book on absolutely yeah you know and just make it an easy read and something to introduce people into uh ghost hunting in the spirit world rather than being a hardcore long you know something that was took a little too much intense work to read absorb so hopefully i've achieved that and that's what i hope and i should mention my publishers fayetteville mafia press they were so good to me this whole process because uh as a new uh book writer although i've you know you, you and i both have written for scary monsters for years but but um to do a book is a whole different you know a whole different thing and they were so supportive and so good and um I just really appreciate, you know, David and uh, Scott over there at Fayetteville Mafia Press for being as supportive as they were. And of course, Don and Vicky at Scary Monsters, very supportive of me in this endeavor. In fact, I'll have an excerpt from the book in issue 130 coming out because they're trying to help me to promote the book. So I really appreciate all that they do for me. They're just amazing people. Very awesome. So everyone out there, make sure you pick up Scary Monsters number 130. Read that excerpt. And we'll also be keeping you updated uh, when Michael's books will be hit. Do you know when they will be hit? When they'll be out at like Barnes and Nobles or, or on Amazon? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're released March seventh. Uh, okay, but you can pre-order now on any platform, whether it's Amazon, Target, Walmart. They're on all all the book selling platforms. Even on eBay, there's like four different sellers on there selling it already. Um, so they're on every platform. But of course, if you go to Fayette, press directly well that's good for them because they'll make a little a few more dollars off of it mm. but it doesn't matter if you want to go to amazon or whatever ghost transfer a hypnosis among the spirits michael mesmer with a z and uh yeah you can buy it just anywhere you want wherever's convenient for you and also there's an ebook available too very cool so we are uh we're, we're, we're urging everybody out there in our community we always support everybody in our community so please go out there to to wherever you shop for your books purchase michael mesmer's book give it a good review you're gonna absolutely love it and then you know hey head over to our forum at house of the unusual and let us know what you think of the book on there and we'd love to hear from you so very cool michael i'm very excited about the book and again congratulations on it and uh, thanks to you and eddie too for being so kind to me on in regard to the book as well yeah absolutely hey we're gonna turn it over to chuck and sherry and i know before we were we were talking on here. You guys have said you went for a little walk, uh, three mile walk. Have been through a cemetery. Yeah, we was awesome. <laughs> oh boy, it was a three three mile windy walk with it her. It was windy, but with, with her daughter in law and her dog. Yeah, and, her dog Chance. So we walked uh, three miles, so that was really cool. You know what we try to get? Well, Sherry tries to get ten thousand steps. I a try. Day, <laughs> you know, on her Fitbit, so that worked out pretty well. Yeah. Uh, uh, the other big thing I wanted to mention was. I don't know. I'm following in the footsteps of Eddie. Yeah, I, I, uh, I got a, a storage unit. Uh, one. One. Uh-oh. Just one. Before it starts. Now it starts. Yeah, just one. <laughs> one storage unit for all my magic, and I'm putting shelves in right now. The snap together stand up uh, kind, and we have a rug, and it's gonna look cool. It's gonna look like a magic shop. I don't want it. I don't want it cluttered. I'm gonna kind of, you know, put it on both sides all my collectible stuff. It's gonna look like a little magic. It's shop. gonna look like a magic shop, and there's gonna be a backdrop where we will be filming all the all the upcoming all the Chuck, Chuck's yeah, corners and Chuck's so forth. Oh, cool. And so it'll be pretty cool. And then behind the backdrop, that's like the last one third of the unit. It'll be all the boxes and totes and everything that'll be out of sight. So it should be pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, so we're looking forward to this. We're just taking our time. And so that way it'll be in one place. So that's like 55 years of 
magic you. apparatus or whatever. Now, you, know, you know where this leads to, Sherry. In a couple yeah. years, he's like, I just got my third storage <laughs> unit. <laughs> hey, he can have if he wants as long as he pays as long for as it. As long as pay for it. <laughs> we got a second mortgage, the house to pay for my storage <laughs> units. <laughs> because you know what? Right? It's, it's been getting crazy over here. I mean, I have a couple yeah. rooms that are cluttered up. So she's been very patient, which very. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, you know, she's been very understanding. And I'm helpful, too. Yeah, she's very helpful. I'm I, helping to decorate it. I give it a woman's touch. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, I was I was thinking about my own storage units, but we were talking about um, possibly putting an addition on top. Because we got my wife and I, you know, and she works part time at Barnes and Nobles, but we yeah. both of us are huge book lovers, so we mm. have probably twenty twenty five bookshelves wow. bookcases in the house, just <laughs> filled with different books. So I told her, I said, you know, eventually maybe this summer we're going to put on an addition. And I want to put it, you know, two different rooms, one like a kind of like a a workout weight room for her because she does a lot with fitness and personal training and nutrition. And then I want the other one to do to be a library of just all the wall books, two nice little chairs in there, a little table and just all of our books. And that will create so much more room in the house because I figured, you know, if we, you know, I, I like storage units, but I like my stuff you know, kind of around me, you know, yes. close to, yeah. and I don't have storage units close to where I'm at. Right. Oh yeah. So I want, like, I like yeah. my stuff in the house. So I said, you know, let's just, let's do an addition and we could, you know, we're both avid readers and, and collectors of books. So we, we could do, you know, half a, a workout place, half a, a library and keep all our books there. Yeah. Hey, hey, That's whatever, a good compromise. Yeah. Whatever works for you. You know what? And we're getting, I mean, you know, we're 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 getting a little older now, so it's like to the point where we're undecided what we're gonna do. You know, sometime in the future, maybe sell the house, move to like a little apartment or something like that. So that way, there's Downsize, no downsides. Yeah. There's no clutter. All my stuff will be under one place. You know, Sherry will have the key. You know what? If something happens to me, you know what? You guys will be here before I hit the floor. Oh, don't <laughs> <say it. laughs> well, well, me and Eddie will be at your storage unit with a crowbar and one of those. Uh, those ski masks on we'll be trying to you know crow bother like let's get we gotta get chuck stuff oh, well. uh, hey the other thing i wanted to mention is sherry has been she had success with the uh, sea monkeys and so she's done a periodical type of a thing i guess for the last three weeks or so right a couple and, weeks so, i did so yeah go, go ahead and tell them. oh yeah um so i just sent the video over to eddie so he will be able to put it on his site the House of Unusual. Yeah, or, or on YouTube as well. So. Oh, however he does yeah. it, yes. And then that way everyone can see the, gradu- the gradual um, yeah, progression progression of uh, my little venture here with my... That sounds cool. I know. Oh, my gosh, Michael. I'm so excited. Did you yeah. name them? I'm ready to because there's about <laughs> four or five of them now. I, I know uh, a few. Oh. I'm, I'm going to throw this out there, Sherry. I know a few names you could use. Eddie, Joe, Chuck, Michael. I'm just just saying, you know, if you, those are some names you could just to throw them out there. You know, oh I'm gonna throw it out to you. You could either catch it or throw it back. You know what I mean? Joe, I know, Joe. I just was envisioning you guys swimming, and I was watching them swim just now, and I could just envision each one with your different face. Oh on yeah, there. one has a one has a Joe head, the other one uh-huh, Eddie, a Eddie Michael head, a Michael head. And, and, and I'm sure on um, Etsy you could find like a miniature podcasting platform and just put it on the bottom that way the sea monkey sea monkey joe eddie chuck sherry and michael could all podcast <laughs> underwater <laughs> oh, man. But this, but this, so excited. yeah this turned out to be a cute, little, a, a cute little video and she's yeah and, you'll be able to see it and, yeah. and she had edited it also it fits together really cool and we also filmed an upcoming chuck's corner which is going to be not there there's one more stew in queue but then there'll be the next one after that Eddie has a nice spin. Uh, it's going to be called "How Did Houdini? Who Killed Houdini?" Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so he has a pretty cool picture. He's going to incorporate in there, and I did some spooky stuff with a spirit bell and all kinds of neat things. So that'll be an upcoming Chuck's Corner. Not this one coming up Friday, but it should be the following one. So if any of the, any of the viewers would like to check it out, it'll be pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck, is that all going to be on on uh, House of the Unusual YouTube page? Yes, that's correct. Eddie will Perfect. upload. You know what? Because we sent him the raw footage through his Google Drive, I believe, and then he right, and then he does whatever he does, yeah. does with it. Yeah, then he'll. And then I'm going to send him. I also did some pictures of the um, the sea monkeys. Sea monkeys yeah. yeah, so 
I'll send those to him as well. He could put them wherever he wants to. Yeah. On the, very, very cool. Uh, I'm, glad, yeah. I'm glad they all came out successfully. You, you seem to have more success than I did with this. Yeah, you, you know what? Mine never, mine never came to fruition years ago. I tried. I even put an ear pump in there. You know. Yeah, you know, that, he worried me with about the that. Hose. I, I think I think my brothers survived. They hatched, and he he literally put them in beer. I mean, he threw. Ah! A, yeah, he he threw a domino like a like a cup of beer, and he grew. It was unbelievable. Oh they they were just drunk the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah see that. monkeys fighting in there, <laughs> knocking their teeth out. Yeah, oh, yeah. amazing. You see them fighting and then hugging. I love you, man. I love you, man. I love you. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, it sounds like it sounds like a good time. I can't wait to see the the yeah. photos and video and all that. And you know, maybe yeah. that'll. Will will push me to redo yeah. my two monkeys yet? So yours going? That'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, very cool. All right, guys. Well, I'm gonna turn it over to the one and only Eddie Guevara and see what's going over at House of the Unusual proper. Hey. So, Eddie, what's new? Hey, how are you guys? How's everybody? Good. Oh. Congratulations, uh, Mike. Uh, yeah. Yes. And you, you know, Mike. It's kind of funny when you said about the, uh, and I mentioned this first, the price of the book <clears throat> when. Uh, when you actually publish a book, even if you kind of self-publish it and you get one of these distributors to distribute the book for you, and it's even worse when you are having a publisher publish it for you. Um, say, for example, a good example, say you sold the book for $60 and it got sold off the actual page where you're publishing, like the extra website they give you. That They actually give you like, let's say, uh, sixty dollars uh, because I got a call recently. It really shocked me. You make about twenty-eight dollars a book. Uh, the rest goes to the publisher, and then when they sell it through Barnes and Noble, or if they sell it through uh, anywhere online that's not the publisher itself, you only get about three or four dollars for a sixty-dollar book. I I do understand where you're coming from. Mm. If people buy better from the site itself, it might help the publishers better. Right. Uh, you know what I mean. Now, the other thing I was going to say, uh, when you're saying about uh, what's going on and stuff, uh, I have been working on a lot of, uh, of you know promotional ideas. And right now, if you guys go to the YouTube channel, I am playing around with one little aspect of promoting. Um, I'm going to see how it ha works out for the next five days. It's only a five-day promotion uh, on the growth of the channel. And uh, other than that, I was going to also say congratulations, Sherry. Thank you. The fact that the sea monkeys, uh, which is still surprises me, you got a pretty good response. Uh, the last video you put, but I would recommend Chuck if you have a chance, go to the forum too and do post the, on the forum and also the uh, blog or what is it the, because uh, on the on the website we have a forum and what's the other thing we have, Joe? Uh, the, there's the blog, the blog section which is for individual. Right. Um, if you want to post, but even in the form, I know in the form section, there's still a sea monkey thread on there. I don't know if it's the first page or the second page, but would that be for pictures, Eddie? Or, yeah, no, I was saying to put some of the pictures. I, I mean, I'm okay. some, but this way you, you can put your uh first account story of it, and uh, and people can obviously that's going to go to a lot of the people because we have been picking up uh quite a few subscribers actually, awesome. and um. You know, and, and they can see it because the moment you put in the forum, anybody who's on the site, I think automatically gets an alert on the um, on their side that somebody posted. Oh, nice. That's what, <laughs> now, the other thing I wanted to ask you guys is, and, and I'm a big Johnny Depp fan. And, and then again, I'm only a big Johnny Depp fan after uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, prior to that, I really didn't care much about Johnny Depp. Just like uh, same thing with uh, the blacklist. Uh, James Spader. Prior to that, as a kid, grew up watching many films with him in it. I never cared for him. Uh, now I love him to death with the blacklist, and uh, <laughs> and that's something I'm actually anticipating because it's supposed to go uh, on. I think uh, January 23rd or 28th. I'm sorry, February. And I don't understand why they waited so long to put the entire season because it's going to be 22 episodes. And they, they're starting so late, so I'm assuming they're not going to take any winter or something hiatus like they always do. But did anybody see The Astronaut's Wife, the movie from 1999 or something like that, with Johnny Depp? I did not. No. no. Uh -uh. Me neither. Oh, I did not either. 
Let me tell you something. This movie, and I've mentioned a couple of times Ex Machina. Or what is it called, Joe? Ex Machina or Ex Machina. Ex Machina, right? That movie is slow, but it has a great plot. You can get off watching it, and you're like, why am I even watching it? And somehow it grabs you onto the seat. I mean, the end could have been just a tad bit better. And and what I'm saying by that is I don't know if anybody's here, I don't want to really give off the ending, but I was hoping of a little better return, but with the astronaut's wife, it's a slow, I mean, Johnny Depp and the girl that played there with him did a marvelous work role, but the movie itself, I, I basically, it was dragging on so much that I think I, when I was into the movie about 35, 40 minutes, which it pissed me off that I waited that long, I fast forwarded to the end just to, <laughs> Because I was reading, I think it was Rotten Tomatoes, not Rotten Tomatoes, but I was reading online. And behold, it said the whole thing. And I'm like, what? That it was going to drag on for the entire almost two hours. And then it had like a kind of stupid ending nobody was looking forward to. Mm. And, um, you know, they were saying how good Johnny Depp did a, a role on it. But the writers just just made a mistake there. And anyway, so I fast forwarded to the end. And it, you know, the I'll just say what the movie's about. It's about. Uh, Johnny Depp plays an astronaut. They're out in space. Uh, his wife is a school teacher. So he calls his wife down on the phone from space. And, you know, he talks to her for like 15 seconds. And then um, when she goes home, whatever, it says news, breaking news. Break, and she's trying to tune in to see what happened. Apparently, there's an explosion in space. Oh. They're doing a spacewalk in the space station, whatever. And for two minutes, they don't find them. But then when they do find the two astronauts, they come, you know, they, they, they're able to bring them back down to Earth and they do survive. And apparently they came back a little different. I'm, I don't want to say in case anybody wants to watch it, but uh, it got only two stars. Oh, boy. <laughs> line. And it, it's, right. it, I'm telling you, it, it, apparently it's been around for a long time. It sounds it's, a lot. The plot you just described sounds a lot like an Outer Limits, I remember, actually. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Huh. Yeah. The, well, this this plot is it's it's okay the idea and everything behind it, but it, it really because the thing that gets me the most is that the girl that plays the wife, um, when they're trying to warn her that there's something different about Johnny, uh, I mean whatever his name is on the thing, uh, she um, she just like gets upset and she doesn't you know what I'm saying like it drags on. They could have sure. made it a better writing where she could have been suspicious or stuff, but instead she plays like a stupid part altogether. Uh, or where she doesn't want to hear nothing about it. She comes out pregnant, and then she's getting afraid of what well, you know. What is wrong with John? Why is he changing? And the old thing is, and of course, they put something that everybody's going to know an alien somewhere. But the, <laughs> the the whole thing is that the movie. To be honest with you, it was such a crappy movie. I feel like just blasting out the ending right now. <laughs> hey, you know, um, I on another note, but it related to movie stuff. I, I don't know if you guys heard this, but for Monster Kids. Uh, in the audience, uh, Raquel Welch passed away. Oh, did oh, she? Really? I didn't know that. No way. Oh. And, you know, we loved her in One Million Years B.C., that poster of her. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And, of course, fantastic voyage. She was incredible in that wetsuit, you know. And uh, But oh, yeah. but she was 82, and she just passed away this morning of a, she had a short-term illness and then or you know and then she died. Mm -hmm. I can't believe that because she seems so vibrant. I've seen her recently, you know, yeah. fairly and but i mean who could us joe can you ever forget one one million years bc uh, that was cool. no absolutely not i don't think any any guy out there could <laughs> with, the, with that little outfit that she wore and, and i tell you what she's still up to when you know she was 82 years old when she passed away and she still looked absolutely gorgeous you know she absolutely and you know very good care of herself and was you know from what i've i've read about her and heard in interviews that she was just like one of the nicest, most down-to-earth people you you would ever want to meet. That's yeah, nice. you know, she was. Uh, a lot of people know she had a uh, was of Mexican heritage. Really, I, I didn't know that. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. Very so, cool. But boy, I I love Fantastic Voyage too. That was one that just opened my mind to so many ideas and possibilities. Mm -hmm. You know uh, what? I I mean, I'm in shock that you told me that. Of course, I do have the comic book Raquel Welch pillow. Uh, that, uh, but one of the things that I really blew my mind, what you just said right now, is that I did see her in an interview uh, a few months ago, about a year ago, 
Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, this girl, from her legs to her body, she was phenomenal. I mean, you would never oh, even yeah. think she was 82. She looked more like 60, not even 60, to be honest. Wow. Uh, for her to have died, and especially since she was pretty well into the exercise. And yes. everybody, I don't know if people remember, uh, Raquel Welch was big in the 80s uh, with a lot of her exercise videos and stuff. And I'm kind of mm-hmm. surprised that she did pass away at kind of a young age. Yeah, it really for her it is. Yeah, because she seemed like sixty, even though she maybe fifty, late fifties, early sixties, rather than eighty-two. In fact, oh, hardly yeah. even eighty-two, to be honest. Wow, that's amazing. And you know what? She really, like, even in recent years, I remember I saw her on TV. She was really a, a very health fanatic wise person. Yeah. I mean, she. Oh was, yeah. Yeah. Healthy and. Why? Well, I mean, worked out, exercised like you wouldn't believe. Honestly. Well. The guy that was interviewing her was uh, a guy probably in his 50s or 60s, whatever. Uh, I forget his name. It was a British show, I think. And the guy didn't really like, he was so like overwhelmed with her that he was like stuttering as he tried to ask her questions. (laughs) And this is only a few months ago. And I mean, I'm talking about she was there and I'm like, wow, she's beautiful. She's more beautiful now than she was when she was young. Yeah. Well, wow. you know, for these classic female stars, they really, many of them do keep themselves up amazingly. Um, I mean, Barbara Eden would be another one that comes to mind. She still right. looks incredible. And she's like 83 or whatever she is. And I mean, I sat next to her for lunch one day and she was just, she looked just like she did in I Dream of Genie. I mean, she was just phenomenally looking. So many of them do do that. Then there's others that don't keep themselves up and they just show how aging really is. But, but, um, but I, I, yeah. Raquel Welch, this blows my mind. Wow. It seems like it seems like this year we've been losing a yeah. lot of prominent people. And I tell you what, another one that I just found out a couple of days ago that uh, he died on February fifth was Chris Brown, mm-hmm. who him and his brother did Hagar the hair the horrible of right. the from the comic strip. Yeah, and he was uh, still young too. I believe he was like seventy two. I'm just looking online now, seventy years old, yeah. and um. You know, I, I don't know who's going to take over the the comic strip or anything, or you know if, how much he still had had was involved with it. Right. But you know, we're we're losing. It, it just seems like you know a lot of people we've yeah. lost. You know, Bob yeah, called David Crosby a couple days ago. Yeah, Chris this, this is a rash. This has been a rash of uh, uh, of top Hollywood people dying. You're right. Wow. And and you know when you look at that stuff, like you know, you look at these guys that they have the money. You would think they would eat healthy. You think they got the best lifestyle, and they're dying. Like, take for example, Elvis, forty-two years old. That's insane, crazy. Michael, fifty-two. All of them, yeah. Yeah, Michael Jackson, fifty. Yeah, it's it's insane. And um, but the thing that really, you know, you kind of threw me back now with Raquel because I now, not that I liked her as much, whatever, or I, I would have like whatever. But Raquel Welch, the thing about it is that she reminds me so much of the comic book uh, novelty mail order thing. And I think in my mind, uh, a piece of that just died because yeah. Yeah. Raquel Welch Pillow was an, uh, an honor house itself, was huh. always advertised in all the ads. Wow, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about is that pillow which she's leaning on a, on a, it's an inflatable pillow and she's leaning on a, like a, uh, it's a small staircase. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, the folding weight staircase, whatever. And it says, yeah. what man wouldn't want to have his own, whatever, Raquel Welch. And that always stood out. And in fact, the Mail Order Mysteries book, when it came out, one of the things that me and uh, Kirk did is we literally spent like two days looking for that pillow. And- I'm, I'm going to, Eddie, I'm going to read real quick. I just found <laughs> Just found the advertisement. Oh, wow. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm, I'm going to read it here, and so it says it shows this huge pillow with Raquel Welch standing there in a one-piece bathing suit, uh, holding on to a stool. It says Raquel Welch pillow only one ninety-eight. What man wouldn't enjoy spending a night with Raquel Welch? <laughs> well, we can't deliver her, but we can deliver the next best thing: a twelve-inch by twenty-four-inch inflatable pillow of Raquel made of rugged vinyl to serve as your headrest. Keep her for yourself or show her to your friends. Livens up party when everyone sees and feels this great gag item. Only a dollar ninety-eight. Oh my god. You know something that. funny? That pillow, I, I don't know where I got it from. I mean I bought it oh gosh 30 years ago. 
<laughs> but I got to tell you, it, it's actually a mint condition has never been blown up. And I have it in a poster tube. Like, you know, I folded it into a tube and, and it's there. Mm. And it's in awesome condition. But I'm going to tell you something, though. I've never seen another one on eBay or anywhere, which yeah. is so crazy. But, yeah, you you just read right now. Honestly, um, I could say I got hurt with the with the news. It actually <laughs> kind of killed my mail order a little bit. But that ad is one of my favorite. That's crazy. I, I don't think I've ever seen that one unless i did i glanced over it but that's that's really kind of with you know almost kind of <laughs> weird i guess yeah, you know? hey right. guys look what i got raquel walsh what's her pillow but you know? yeah, yeah, wrapped, they, yeah wrapped around my neck that, that, they yeah. wrote that ad the innuendos you know oh, oh yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah if you uh i just wanted to bring up going back to johnny depp real quick there's two movies that i really liked from him one was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That was oh, really yeah, that was a nice. Movie. Yeah, we took yeah. our kids to see that at an actual <laughs> drive-in. If you could find that hard to believe, yeah, it was at a drive-in about twenty years ago, huh, Sherry? Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, Charlie and the Char- Chocolate Factory, and I believe Johnny Depp played with Heath Ledger in the the Imaginarium of uh, of of Doctor Parnassus. That was cool. Yeah. That's one of my favorite movies. Like that was the, so cool. yeah, the whole ambiance about that movie. Is just so cool. Johnny Depp is such a it's such a, a double edged sword because mm-hmm. for every good movie he has there's five that are really insane and bizarre and don't make right. I, yeah. I mean I as a Dark Shadows fan, and Joe, you'll relate to this for me, when they did the Dark Shadows film with him, it was just a it was it was just a travesty in my opinion. Yeah. You, you know, Michael, I, I didn't even watch I couldn't even watch the new one. I, I seen when it I remember when it first you know, you've seen the, the trailers on online and all that are on TV. Yeah. And I looked at it and I, I think I just stared at the screen for like five minutes. After this, <laughs> and you got to be kidding me. Yeah, I know. There's I know no way I, I could watch this and I couldn't watch when. And, and now, mind you, I, I do like some of the stuff that he did. Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, Pirates of the Caribbean. He's great brilliant. movies. Yeah. And I couldn't. I There was no way I, I could watch the, um, the Lone Ranger movie with him as Tom. Oh, I, horrid. Horrid. Yeah. I just I, I can't do it. I you know, and I tried to one. It was a couple of years ago on TV. It was on, and I made it maybe three minutes into the movie. I said I, I just I, I can't. I gave I gave it the old college try. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. Well, Joe, if you're a Lone Ranger fan, did you like the Clinton Spillsbury film that they did? When was that? That was back in the late seventies, early eighties, and they they had him and I think Stacy Keach had to do the voiceover for the voice of the Lone Ranger because the guy's voice wasn't good. Um, and it, it's uh, it's actually very much like the classic Lone Ranger films. But I just wonder what your opinion was. I guess you know you what? Have... I don't think I've ever. I don't recall ever watching that. Um, I think I've it's seen... called The Legend of the Lone Ranger. I think I've seen all like I've seen all the serials, the original, you know, TV show run, and then I I listened to as many as I, I could find of the old time radio programs. But I believe someone told me last year at monster bash last June about that. And um, I must've yep. forgot about it. Cause I, I, at the time when I was talking, it was actually Martin Graham's. He wrote a, a, a very good reference for uh lone ranger for the early old time radio show. And oh, wow. I was talking to him about it. And he asked, I think he asked me if that must be the same one. Cause I told him, I said, no, I, I never seen it. He goes, Oh, you got to watch it. It's really good, and I, I must have forgot about it. What's it, what's the name of it again? I think it's called The Legend of the Lone Ranger. I actually have a couple action figures from that film. What's, uh, uh, what's the year of that? Is that eighty one? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I'm looking it up right now. I'm gonna have to make a, a note of this. And I think it stars Clinton Spillsbury, and I can't remember. Yes. But I know that. When you watch it, it's not his voice because his voice wasn't strong enough for the film. So they put in, they got hired Stacy Keach, who oh, I yeah. guess married to James Seymour actually, but he did the voiceover for it for it for all the Lone Ranger stuff. He looped it. Yeah, I'm no, looking at some of the photos. I I don't believe I've ever seen this unless maybe sometime during the the you know late '80s or early '90s I watched it because I I was I've been a Lone Ranger fan since you know probably around the '80s. But I, I don't remember ever seeing it, so I'm gonna have to make a note to to make sure I watch it because I think I, like I said, like I, I think what's that? Because more similar to the classics, so I think you'll enjoy it. Okay, yeah, and I love the classics. I loved all the serials, and I I absolutely just I love the radio programs. They're, oh they're, yeah, they're so action packed and just fun to listen to. And um, like I said, I'll have to look up what what Martin Graham's uh, book is. 
but it's it's all of there were some lost old time radio shows of the Lone Ranger, and he really I mean this book is humongous. It's like eight hundred pages, and he he wow. really digs into the history of wow. it. And it, anybody out there that's a Lone Ranger fan, I, I would advise to look up Martin Graham's Jr. You could look him up on Amazon and find his Lone Ranger book. It's it's fantastic, and he's done other ones um, about the same size, eight eight hundred so pages of the Shadow and of the Green Hornet as well. Oh wow. You know, uh, Joe and, and you guys, uh, you just reminded me, Amazon keeps delaying the shipment of that book that I bought from um, hmm. Lon Chaney Sr. Oh. After midnight. I'm beginning to wonder, Joe, if it's ever going to even get to me. Because <laughs> uh, I've heard similar situations. There was one guy that he bought all the, uh, it's supposed to be like a, it's selling now for like 80 bucks. Uh, whoever got him, but it's supposed to be all the cover artwork from uh, Goosebumps. And he paid for this book like 30, 40 bucks, and he waited for four months and finally canceled because the book never came. Now they're telling me I'm going to get the book between February 28th and March 18th. So I have a feeling that this book is never going to get here. But anyway, um, I, I would maybe contact them because, I, like I said, I know that they were going through some issues with the binding. So maybe that the people that ordered it when they already, you know, before they took it off, they're going to get the new binding maybe. Uh, but if it doesn't come, then I would definitely, you know, cancel it and kind of just yeah. you know, wait to see if they're going to update it on Amazon. From what I, from what I've been reading is that they're just waiting to, to find someone that could do the book better than what Amazon's binders did because well, they just were falling out. Well, the, wow. the problem is that it's Amazon's binding from Europe. It's it's not the one that's from the U.S. Oh. Well, if you buy, that, that's the only problem. But you know what I think it is? It could be Black Ops because I keep getting helicopters from yeah. area. <laughs> I'm wondering got, if there's something behind the book, you know? <laughs> I know that London After Midnight was actually originally called The Hypnotist when it was first being made because he does hypnosis in it. Oh. I that You know what? I kind of heard about that, Mike. Yeah, I've got a, I've got actually a real still from that film uh, from the studio that was that under it says the hypnotist and not London after midnight. Oh wow, that that's nice. You should send me a picture of that I like to see that. And in fact, that would be a nice thing to put in the forum, Mike. That little tidbit uh, I'm sure people don't know about. Um, yeah, Mike, just just send me the photo. I'll make yeah. sure that I put it. On. Yeah, yeah, send him the, the actual. <laughs> send me the original. I'll take good care of it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, put it on the form. I, I'd love to see uh to see what that photo looks like because I know that this book it has like I think there's like eight unreleased steals. So it it would definitely be really cool to see that. But okay, yeah, I'll, there, there... Uh, I'll scan it and get it to you. I also have a little thing that's a postcard film that says the hypnotist under it. So I'll 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 take a photo. It's fading sadly, but I'll take a photo of both and I'll get it to you. I'll tell well, you. I don't want to get too much on London after midnight because we discussed it a lot last week. But you know, we are talking about some you know ghost stuff and cemeteries and horror movies. So, have anybody out there seen any you know recently good movies, whether they be contemporary or classic in, in the realms of horror or sci-fi lately? You know, uh, I'll bring. Let me bring this into the table when you said that about movies, and I'll say something real quick, not to change that conversation, but. When you guys mentioned Johnny Depp and when you guys, uh, Johnny Depp, some of his movies, like you did say, uh, Edward Scissorhands, whatever, kind of really stunk. But I got to tell you, though, he killed it in The Pirates. You can get a better Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah. He, he makes that movie. He does. Oh, yeah. He's but with, with horror films, you know, Joe, I got to be honest with you. Uh, I think there's kind of a stalemate in that because if you look on television and stuff, about upcoming movies and stuff. I haven't really seen the last two months or so any type of horror film coming out. No, we haven't really seen anything either. No, the last we watched was... I, the, I think it's... The creature. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, um, there's a new series with Sarah Michelle Gellar on Paramount+. Plus. I can't remember the name of it. I think it's called Something Wolf. It's about werewolves. And then also, uh, mm -hmm. they have the Teen Wolf movie on there that's the new Teen Wolf movie based off their current, their more recent TV series. So a couple of werewolf uh, stories that are interesting. I was watching them the other night, and of course, I'm a fan of the classics, so it's always hard to adapt to ideas, but I love Sarah Michelle Gellar from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so I'm really, I can't remember the name of her, her hmm, I can't remember the name of the new series, but it's called Wolf Something on Paramount Plus, and then, like 
in the new Teen Wolf movie also is very uh, good. And um, so if you like werewolves, there's two new werewolf offerings on Paramount+. Plus. No. Right did you say Teen Wolf? Is it a movie or is it another serial? Because that's the problem with the, the things that are happening today. Even they have a vampire one. I said Dracula or something. And I went to watch it. It's a freaking uh, weekly show. Yeah, There's no. Not- um, there was a Teen Wolf series that was based off of the original with, uh, you know, uh, oh, you know, from back to the yeah. Michael J. Fox. So there, yeah. But there was a new series more recently. And now because it was so popular, about six or seven years, they came back and made a f- um, film, which is now on Paramount Plus. It's a one-time film on there. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's that great of a film if they put it on television before releasing Well, it. with the streaming services, it is, because, you know, I watched 1923, which is a Yellowstone uh, sequel, and it has uh, Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren. I watched Tulsa King that has Sylvester Stallone. That's They're both TV series on Paramount+. Plus, So <laughs> they have some high-grade TV things going on that are equal to movies. Yeah. One of the actors from Yellowstone, I think, passed away about a week ago, mentioning that now. Yeah, that's true. I forgot. Now, I haven't watched Yellowstone. I do kind of like the actor from that film a little bit. I think he's not going to be on Yellowstone anymore, though, or something. So I didn't get to watch it. I didn't start watching it. But um, I, that's the only thing that I get turned off a lot is that most of the stuff, when you want to watch like a film, it turns into a series. And then yeah. You yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. And like La Brea, have any of you guys watched La Brea? No. I watched I watched the first couple episodes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The the second season took out forever. It took like two years to come out. They already did. Uh, they played uh, nine episodes of the second season. And the thing that blows my mind about the show is that every two weeks when they play, they they stop for like a week or two. Yeah. Pushing it out, and, and I mean it's only like ten or eleven episodes per season. Right. And this year they're going to make a couple more uh, on season two. But and then the show is kind of like you know it's a nice show, you know it has a lot of kind of stupid things. It's kind of a show that you want to watch. It's not that bad, but uh, it's really they're dragging out that show, man. Yeah, well, you know what we I like mean, that we like the show. You and we've been watching you, uh, and they finally so came out with another season. It took like two years. I mean, I don't know what the heck. Well, the thing is, a season now is ten episodes. When we were growing up. You know, Gunsmoke would be uh, 29 episodes. You know, <laughs> that's right. a season. You know, now yeah. a season is a third of a season. <laughs> You're exactly. right. You're right. You're right, Michael. Yeah, but usually with the, the season on a lot of these shows that go 10 episodes, they're usually an hour. So, you know, if you break that up, what was, you know, like a lot of the, um, well, I even know some classic shows that went, you know, 45 minutes an hour, went 20 to, to 30 episodes, but it seems like now you get 10 episodes of, you know, anywhere from 40 to, to 60 minutes. And then you got to wait two, three years for, it's you know, good. the second season to come like with stranger things, you know, in between right. each season, you're waiting two, three years or so. Oh That's yeah. And, and by that time you forgot what happened. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The game of Thrones, you know, was the same way. And it seems like all these, That's why it's, I, I it's tough for me to get invested in, in any of these new series because you know, you, you get invested in it and then you never know if it's going to be canceled, you know, because they I've been in, watching series and then all of a sudden, you know, it sets it up for a third season and then they cancel it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or you're waiting two or three years for the next season to come. And then, like you said, Chuck, when, by the time you get you know, to it, you're like, oh, I don't remember that. I don't, Who's I don't this remember. person? <laughs> you, know, you know something I want to tell you guys, Joe? And another thing about it is a year ago, two years ago, maybe three or four, let's put when they started with the Blacklist and Game of Thrones, man, they were writing this episode so phenomenal that it changed television. It made the television better than, the, say, the theater. And then all of a sudden, they're getting lame again. I guess it's like anything. They're running out of ideas. You run out of ideas, definitely. Yeah, but that's the whole thing. Like like you said, you get vested on this thing, and then the stupid idiots put a, a, you know months and months in between. Like, like I asked myself, the Blacklist was one of the biggest things for NBC. Why yes. does NBC delay so much the start of the 10th season? Which, I mean, I'm already surprised that they actually, because I thought once Elizabeth King had died in the show, I thought it wasn't going to last. But they went a whole season with James Fader. It was really good. In fact, it was so good, it not only did they survive, but they signed on an entire new season 
and now they're starting like at the end of February. That just doesn't make sense. And they're but, still you know, Eddie, when when they lost Liz and they lost her husband, they lost a big chunk of what was going on in that story. And yes, you're right. The episodes were good after it, but it was still missing that element because it's sort of like, um, oh, there was a show Moonlighting, you know, with Bruce Willis and and oh, and, I remember. and once, once like they it. got once they were together and they weren't at odds anymore. Once they on shows where they get married or when they get together, it's like this with Liz dying, that whole kind of um, emotional impact to the you know, side story. And it, it took a lot away from it. I felt, although I still like the new episodes, but there's just, it missed an element now that that whole story, that whole thing with her, maybe being his daughter, maybe not the whole thing. It kind of, it, it really lost and they didn't really finish it in a way that you felt satisfied with it. Well, yeah. And, and you know, kind of what's crazy about that also, what you're saying is that there's still, I mean, I, I, I have no idea what the 10 seasons even going to be about, but you know, one of the things about it though, James Spader is that good. Yeah. Now, why would Elizabeth King, which makes me makes me want to laugh, because he's a girl who has had no prior. She's got very few films to her. Credit. Right. Right. She does, and she leaves the show and now she died altogether. Like, oh, yep. she was going to start. She hasn't started anything. So it's like I said to myself, they get they go out. They, they get a little too big in their head because she was complaining like towards the end and a lot of, I mean, I don't yeah. know how true it is, but she was complaining that James Spader was always the head of the show. and that. But the whole thing is you got to remember this. James Spader has been around since freaking the beginning of time. Yes. He's the, he's the biggest star they got on the show. So, of course, they're going to put emphasis on him. He's an Academy Award winner. Right. So the point is, if you're there and this is your like livelihood, and you know how they say actors are never employed because actors are always getting. So if you got a thing going and you're getting paid and people are getting to know who you are, why did she quit? Just like a lot of the guys that have quit and they're saying like Iran just quit a thing for the test. You know, this people in all honesty, are just probably going to die off completely. <laughs> well, what happens is they get people around them, their agents, everything. Well, we can get this, we can get that. And they push right. them over the bar. And then they lose everything because their ego takes over. And it's like, well, we exactly. can do a better deal. You could do this. You could have your own series, which with the guy that was her husband, he did have that really good yeah. that uh, he followed up with as a doctor. And it did work out for him. But generally speaking, it's a crapshoot. You know, there's so many pilots that are shot every year, thousands of them or hundreds of them, and only a few get picked up. So when you get on a hit series, better stay with it because it's the residuals are going to take care of you when you're 70. And right. Right, film roles. You know, you're exactly right, Michael. Way back on the Three's Company days, they they offered uh, Norman Fell and Audra uh, Audra Lindley to go on their own. Remember, they had a I think it lasted one season. It was called The Ropers. Oh yeah. And if they would have stuck with the Three's Company like they originally were, you know what I mean? That would have really helped you're them right. out for uh, for a lifetime. Of Absolutely. course, Don, of, of course, there was one silver part to the lining. Don Knotts came in afterwards, so he kind of yeah, saved he saved the whole show. Oh, he was great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Don Knotts killed it. But you know something? Now that you said that, um, the you know, with the Ropers, I forgot. But there was a, a, a spinoff of The Blacklist, which was the one that played Elizabeth King's husband's mom. Yeah. Uh, what was it? The, what was that one called? I forget, but it had them in Russia or something. With yeah, well, the whole, the whole point is that I thought it would last because, you know, it was not that bad. I watched it, but then it, it just didn't take off. It died completely. Exactly. And, you know, this girl. You know, the, go ahead. The no, classic just, actors understood mm -hmm. this because they didn't have the residuals that actors have now. So when they would get a series, they'd hang on to it, you know. For instance, uh, we were talking about werewolves a while ago. Chuck Connors, how many of you remember him in the TV series Werewolf? Chuck Connors? Werewolf? No, I don't. Uh -oh. I just it, know him as the rifleman. <laughs> okay, so Chuck, Chuck, you know, had a, a peppered career after rifleman. Of course, he was really amazing in Roots, but he was really evil in that. I don't know if you remember his character in that, but he was extremely, you know, horrible in that, raping and doing things. And it was totally opposite, you know, Lucas McCain. But, you know, when Fox was trying to get going in the early days uh, and doing their shows, uh, before X-Files and things like that, they always did try to do supernatural shows, and Werewolf was one of them, and Chuck Connors was uh, Janos Skorsny in it, and he um, he actually uh, was an evil werewolf in that show. With a, He had a pa eye patch. It was an awesome series. In fact, recently, I found it online, which is almost hard to get, and it's you know not authorized, but I got a copy of all 11 and a half hours of the series, and he's just, he's really good as the evil werewolf in it. Hmm. 
I've never right. heard, you know, I think I've seen, I never heard it, but I can tell you one thing. Do you guys remember him on Branded, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah he, Brand, I only remember him as the Rifleman in Branded. <laughs> yeah, well, Werewolf was one of his last, I think it was his last TV series. And, um, but, you know, if you'd like to see a different side of him, but also a cool Werewolf series, it's really good. Um, and uh, you can find it if you really scan for it, but it's hard to find. A lot of places they're selling for $150 for a set, but I found it for like $18. So. Wow. Did any of you guys ever watch uh, The Guns of Will Sonnet? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yep. No, that's... Brad, just fact. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that, that's one. I love that show, man. They, they, the guy killed it. I mean, those are some of the shows that you're like, wow, man. You know, you want to watch some more. But you know what? One show that's been dragging, I mean, I can't believe they dragged it out this long. And they've actually launched a lot of different shows. It's The Curse of Oak Island. I mean, it's been oh, yeah. almost 11 years already, 10 years on the show. Yeah, I used, so, to, I used to watch that. I, I, I can't watch it anymore. It's just ridiculous. Have they found anything yet on Oak Island? <laughs> I think I'm a piece of a little chain, and they said, whoa, we found a piece of a little chain. No, <laughs> oh, we, we found a gold coin. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, it must be Roman. You know, that, that's like all these, these hunting Bigfoot TV series yes. now. Now you know they they're not gonna find Bigfoot. They they haven't found Bigfoot for us, or else it would be, you know, worldwide international news on every channel. So why even watch it? Just so you know, you have a bunch of morons that could run around in the woods, make different sounds, and they hear you know a deer moving or something. Because if you've ever been in the woods at night, uh, or when it's quiet and you hear a deer or even a squirrel moving. It's a lot. They make a lot of noise. Oh, and, yeah. and these people, oh, I hear, I hear something. I hear it. it it's got to be big. Way and you're running around, and you're like, "Why am I watching this? I, I could go like stare at the wall or something." <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know that's so true. But one thing I'm going to tell you about the only thing they've done right now, and I think they're doing that because they're running out of things. In the Curse of Oak Island, the last three or four episodes, they had a company come in, and they're actually in one of the original wells or whatever. They're building all the way down where they're putting steps and everything. So they're actually, but then it's constantly, every time they're building something, okay, the Canadian government just stopped because they, and I'm like, give me a break, man. <laughs> Canada has some crazy laws, but the whole thing is, okay, if it stops, don't put that on the show. Air it when you get over those hurdles. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but I, yeah, it's getting kind of lame. I'm trying to be faithful to it. I'm trying. Yeah, you're you're already 11 seasons in, so you yeah. might as well stick with it, man. You're over that hump. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know what I do? I, I put it on. I put on the episode, and a lot of times I just I'm doing things and not paying attention just yeah. to have it on to play and then see the ending. But um, it gets me like every time. Oh, they found. Listen, it's done before the winter starts. So if they would have found something, it would have been all over the paper before the season began. Yes. Absolutely. Hey guys, we got to. I'm gonna have to break in here because we have about uh, about two minutes here, and I really want to get to uh, one quick announcement at the end here before we wrap it up. Is that the Classic Horror Film Board? I believe they are no longer taking uh, submissions for the Rondo Hatton uh, Classic Film Awards. So, as everybody knows, or if if you haven't heard, we had put in for. Uh, best podcast yes on there so hopefully that we get on the ballot i believe he's going to be putting out the ballot here in the next couple weeks he has to go through so many different nominees to to put on there and it's a it's a lot of hard work i believe it's just him and his wife maybe one or two other people uh they do a phenomenal job out there and um as soon as the ballots come out we and hopefully you know we're hoping that we make at least the ballot that we are are nominated so once the ballot comes out, I will update the the form thread, which says Vote House of the Unusual Best Podcast. Right. I'll put the links there. There is a link to the um, the thread over there. So I will have the updated link once that's available. And if you're, you're not on the Classic Horror Film Board, you'll have to make a um, uh, kind of like a username on there. And then you could get the, the um, uh, what's it called, the ballot. Um, I'll have to look when it first comes out. I don't know if you, you could get the ballot if you don't have a, uh, a username, but usually it's, you just kind of copy and paste the ballot into a, an email and then 
check off, you know, who you're voting for and then send it in. And I think around April or, or so he will uh, he'll put out the results. But I'll, I'll keep everybody updated on the House of the Unusual dot com forum site. It'll be under vote House of the Unusual best podcast. And we are urging everybody out there. Call to action. We yes. will be encouraging everyone to vote for us. Best. podcast. Yes. So that'll be really cool. But guys, we got to wrap it up. I want to thank everybody for joining us. Everybody out there in podcast land, thank you once again for joining us. Please spread the word of our podcast to all your friends and family. And guys, that's all we got for tonight. So good night, everyone. Good night. God bless. It was awesome.